Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Good morning. Y'all stay and sing with um, I want us real quickly uh, this morning to um, just know a little bit um, of what God is doing here in our church. In the new year, <clears throat> there have been changes. There will be a number of different changes. We are obviously praying about uh, youth and, and who will lead those along with uh, doing associate, uh, associate pastor roles as well. And and uh, so definitely pray for all of us uh, through this weekend. Um, also, uh, God is doing amazing things. Um, we have some who are leading out uh, in our public schools with um, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so that is a, a good thing. Um, God has brought people to us uh, that uh, we have, we've had so many visitors here lately that it's been such a blessing to have those folks and others who have said, listen, this is where we're going to be. This is our commitment. God is blessing us in this new year. But at the same time, we also realize that there are a lot of things that are changing in the world that we live in. And because of that change, the things that are happening so quickly, we also must be willing to look at this and say, hey, how are we going to interact with what's happening in the world? One of the things that... Um, Tyler shared last night with us uh, was that his goal as a youth minister, as a youth pastor, is not to do the job for the kids, but instead equip them to go out and do the job of ministry. And that is the ultimate goal of a pastor, whether it be youth, whether it be adult, senior adult, our goal is to equip so that you then can go out and do the job of ministry. And the ministry that we do is the ministry of the gospel. We administer that to people. We let them know, here's the truth. Here's what the Bible says. But what's happening in our life and in the life of this church is that we are really going out and saying, listen, we are Bible-believing. We, we believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. This is who we are. Um, we are not concerned about all the other things going on in the world around us if, if, if it gets in the way of inerrancy. We believe in the Bible. We believe in God's word. Other churches are, are coming out saying, well, uh, it depends on interpretation. It depends upon this and that and another. But the truth is God's word has lasted 6,000 years in man's time, a little bit longer. But God's word has lasted for us and it is good and it is still good to this day. So we're going to talk about the wisdom that we need to be looking at. Because if you look at the world today, the world is really dependent upon human wisdom, including the church. The church is very dependent upon human wisdom. Instead of godly wisdom, we have begun to kind of look and say, well, what can we do to bring people in? How can we entertain people? How can we change the, the things that we do? How can we change the things that we preach or that people will like them better? That's human wisdom. And we must let go of this human wisdom, this human element, because it gets in the way of God's work being done. But men love to think that they are smart. And we're going to discuss this as we go through. So let's stand together. And we're going to begin here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And as I said, there are a lot of changes coming. But those changes that we're talking about, they must be led by prayer. 
They must be led through the scripture, uh, God's wisdom above all things. So let's look at this. It says, take care, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 18 says, take care that no one deceives himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in the sight of God. For it is written, he is the one who catches the wise by their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are useless. So then no one is to be boasting in people for all things belong to you, whether Paul or Paulus or Cephas. Are the world or life or death Are things present or things to come? All things belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Father, we thank you this morning that we do not have to rely upon our own wisdom because we at Pine Island will admit our thoughts are foolish. Father, we have great ideas, and when we have those great ideas, we have to attribute those to you. We can't take credit for them because we're not smart enough to do good things. This all comes from you. Every good thing comes from you, Father. So we thank you, Lord, that no matter what comes to us in life, those things cannot overcome us because we belong to Christ. Christ belongs to you. Father, thank you for this. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So there are a number of things that we are not doing here at Pine Island. One of those is we are not going to bring in a bunch of different video games and and different things like that uh, to bring the youth in. I don't mind if they play video games. Um, Apparently, our kids do play video games. They play them a lot. But when it comes to church itself, that's not going to be the drawing factor. The drawing factor for whether it be youth or adults has to be the Word of God. It has to be the teaching that is there. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people in churches who look more for the entertainment factor than the truth factor. And and human wisdom says, I want to go where I can be accepted. I want to go where I can enjoy myself, where I can have community. Well, what if you find that at a church that doesn't preach truth? Human wisdom would say, well, it doesn't matter. I can kind of read through the tea leaves. I can figure it out on my own. I just need community. No, what we need is Godly wisdom, biblical truth to be taught. But so many people are, are, are willing to overlook the, the truth being taught just so that they can be entertained, so that they can have a nice time, so that their kids can feel like they belong. And, and so what happens, instead of looking to God for direction, we start looking at people. We look at situations. That's human wisdom. Human wisdom says we should always be happy. Anybody in here found out that that's not the case? You can't always be happy. Human wisdom, though, says, but I should always be happy. And then we get this thought of entertainment. We get this thought of belonging. But if, again, if the church that we attend, if all those things are there, but the gospel is not taught, truth is not taught, then we have nothing. We have nothing. So why then do we look to God for wisdom? Well, first of all, God's wisdom or his word is immutable. It is unchanging. It cannot be changed. It is impossible to change God. It is impossible to change his word. What he said in the beginning is still good right here in 2021. God is 
immutable. His word, his wisdom is unchanging. What was good in the Psalms and Proverbs is still good for us. It is a good thing. It is holy. It is good and it is right. Mark 13, 31 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Everything around us might change. Even churches are changing, but God's word has not changed. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he would change his mind. Has he said, or yeah, has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? What God has given us has been good for us ever since he spoke it. The psalmist relied upon the word of God. The psalmist relied there. Jesus himself would refer back to the Old Testament to make points to those that that he was around because the, the word of God is still good. It was good for Christ. It's good for us. And, and Jesus did not try to change the meanings of words to make it come across easier. As a matter of fact, when he's with a woman at the well, he very plainly let her see her sin. But then he offered her hope. He offered her hope. God's wisdom, God's word is unchanging, immutable. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So let me help you out with this. Man's wisdom, it changes with the seasons. Look at how often we change the way we feel about something. We can, we can be changed by new knowledge. Maybe we felt one way about something and then all of a sudden we get new evidence and we decide, you know what? I've changed how I feel about that because I've gotten new evidence. God doesn't need new evidence. He knows everything. That is why his word and his wisdom is good. But man's changes with the seasons. How many of you, you once thought one way about maybe parenting until you actually had children, right? And what you said was, I will never do the things that my parents did to me. And the next thing you know, you've got that kid by one arm and you've got that thing in the other hand and you're doing this right here, just like your parents did to you, right? And you don't feel bad for it because at that moment, everything you thought you knew about children changed once you had one. That moment that you you thought, well, I'm going to raise my child to be perfect. And blameless and without fault and without smart aleck mouth and, and willing to do whatever is said to them the moment that we say it. And, and so our wisdom when we're young is like, I've got this figured out. That's why we tell teenagers all the time, move out now while you know everything, right? But then wisdom changes us. We, we began to change. All of a sudden we grow and what we once thought changes. It's just like what we're seeing in our churches today. People once believed that all that mattered was good preaching, good sound doctrine. But now wisdom, man's wisdom says, well, yeah, but I've got to have this and I've got to have that. And and I need this type of music and I, I need this type of entertainment and I need this to be done for my kids. 
Church is about coming together and celebrating who God is and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and telling everybody, listen, God's word is unchanging. But man's wisdom says, well, we, we probably know a little bit more than God does. It's almost as though we don't believe that God is with us anymore. And so we're supposed to now come along and try to help God out. And so we've changed so many things within the church. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who follow his commandments have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. What's happened with man is we no longer fear God. And and I've heard preachers change this, and they're like, well, that doesn't really mean fear. Listen, can I tell you something? It is God who will bring judgment upon you of hell. There is a reason to fear this one. There is a reason to have a great reverent fear of who God is because he is the one who gives life and he is the one who takes life. Understanding who God is is the beginning of wisdom. But man says, you know, God is really not all those things in the Old Testament. You see, we're smarter than we used to be because the New Testament has set us free. We now have this teddy bear God. A Santa Claus God. Folks, you can't have both, or you can't just have one. You can't pick and choose. Well, I just like the Old Testament. I just like the New Testament. They are together. That is the word of God. And the same God that is revealed to us in the Old Testament, he didn't suddenly change in the New Testament. But man's wisdom is like, well, you know, God really doesn't care if we do these things or that and this and other. We're we're okay. God still very much cares about his people. And if you truly belong to God, one of the things you must understand is that God will discipline those he loves. But man has said, no, God wouldn't do that because he loves us too much. When I think about this verse 19, it says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in the sight of God. For it is written, he is the one who catches the wise by their craftiness. That's actually found in Job chapter 5, verse 13. And again, it says the Lord in verse 20 knows the thoughts of the wise that they are useless. Let's think for a moment back to Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis real quick. And let's visit a place where man's wisdom really showed itself. Man has already been through <clears throat> creation, the fall of man, the flood. After the flood, the earth begins to uh, grow again. We begin to see the, the human race populate, and, and all the wise people of the world came together. All the smart ones, all the wisdom. And they said, you know, we ought to build a tower. We ought to build a tower all the way up to the heavens. They felt in their wisdom that they were smart enough. They could come up and they could converse with God. They could build a tower all the way up and show just how smart they were. And listen to this verse again. It says, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are useless. So here they are. They begin to build a tower. God is not dumb. He sees what's happening. And he's going to let them build So that their confidence becomes greater because every time they add a stone onto this tower, you know, they've got to be thinking, man, this is good. 
Like this is, we are really, really good. We are awesome. To this day, I'm still trying to figure out how they built the pyramids from years ago. But these people, they're building this tower and it's huge, it's large, and they're still going. And then God shows them just how futile their wisdom is. What does he do? The Bible says God immediately gives them different languages. They go out, he spreads them out across the earth. Why? Because God wanted to show them no matter how good you may think you are, it's foolishness. Man's thought process is, man, I, I'm, I've got this figured out. I'm going to do this. One of the biggest issues I have as a pastor is thinking that I have things figured out. And then what does God do? He throws me a curveball just to show me how futile my thoughts are. When I'm not prayed up, when I'm not doing the things that God has called me to do, when I'm not on my knees seeking the Lord, when I'm not in the word, my life is falling apart. Why? Because when I'm not in the word of God, I'm thinking only in the terms of human wisdom. God's word is good. God's word is perfect. But I'm like those who are building the Tower of Babel. There are times I think that I'm actually smarter than God. You say, well, that's a very big boast. I don't say that necessarily, but I act that way. When I push God's wisdom aside to use my own, I'm telling God, no, I've got this. That's why our families suffer. That's why our children suffer because of man's wisdom. But then we also, in the church, do strange things. We'll gather one preacher to ourselves and say, that's the only person I'm ever going to follow. Paul is going to address this to the church. Listen to what he says in verse 22. We should not, by the way, limit ourselves to one solid teacher. We've got to gather those who are telling truth, speaking truth. Verse 22 says, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas. So you have Paul, Apollos, Peter. You have these three that are teaching. And what he's saying is, no matter who it is, if they're solid, if they're telling you the truth, you listen to them. You you take in what they're telling you. A lot of people tell you, well, I listen to MacArthur, or I only read Spurgeon, or I only read um, this person or that person. And <clears throat> they're limiting them 